Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Episode 493, Brave Mum shares her challenges live with me here. Today on the show, I have Michelle Anderson, and she is one cool, cool mum. She's actually a fellow podcaster of Cozy Conversations, which is an amazing podcast that Michelle does with her sister, Lauren, on, and it's their version of a a radio chat show, but they're really cool. Their website is The Sisters Project, and it's a light, they are lifestyle bloggers to inspire cozy, mindful well-being. So I love that. I love everything about these two amazing women. And Michelle is very brave. She's going to chat about her parenting challenges because she's a mum of twins, 12-year-old boy and girl. And she I've been wanting to have someone live on my show, Michelle, for so long to discuss real-time challenges that you face with your kids. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Louise, for having me. I have been wanting to talk to you about my challenges <laughs> for a very long time. Yeah. What and a I lovely think, intro. Oh, you're very welcome. Lovely intro for a lovely trailblazing woman. <laughs> Thank but, you. Um, I, I've been wanting to do this for a while because I think when, when the listeners out there hear you, they'll go, oh, that sounds just like me. And, you know, I always reiterate this, that we're not alone. We're all in this together. And as much as you think your problem is so unique to you, it is unique to you because it's you Mm. and it's your kids. So Michelle and I are going to get into a conversation here. And just before we do, I want to just clarify that what I might suggest to Michelle will work for Michelle. It doesn't mean it's right for every one of you with your kids because your kids are different and you're different. Your situation is different. Tomorrow is different from today. The information or any tips I give Michelle today might not work tomorrow because her daughter might be having a really tough day tomorrow. So what worked today might not work. But I will I will always come back and, and back that with it all depends on how you show up. So let's see how Michelle's showing up in her life with her kids. Let her share the challenges that you're facing. So what are, we had a little conversation before. What, briefly, as quick as you can, so we can get into the gym. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have 13, well, 12, 12-year-old twin. We're not quite 13 yet, but we're in the preteen stage. I have a son and daughter. And um, God, the first part of raising them, I feel like was a complete blur. And now I've just found myself launched into the present time, which is this very interesting, almost teenage time in raising, but also we're in a pandemic and I'm dealing with, you know, managing device time. I struggling with keeping that line of communication open with my kids. I, 
I, I don't even know where to start, Louise. Those are like the, the ones at the forefront. Yeah. Did I do a good job explaining that? You Is did. That okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm nervous. Everything's okay. <laughs> Everything's okay. Don't be nervous. Um, I mean, device managing device time is a huge, huge challenge for everybody. And just because I sit here doing what I do doesn't mm. doesn't get me off scot-free. And I say that to everybody that I work with, and you've heard me on the show saying it many times. You know, it is a beast of a challenge to have to navigate. But mm. for you to kind of find out where, you know, we always want to know where are we going awry? Like where mm. is it that we that we're tripping? And I and I think we have to be so aware of our patterns. And we were talking mm. just earlier and, you know, I was sharing a story with you and you say, yeah, you see, you knew that when you said that he would just do it. Mm. And it's a pattern, right? I'm not saying mm. he does it every time. If I say, please, can you, but your kids are, have a pattern of response to you and you have a pattern of interacting with them. So to know why the challenges are ta challenges. And I mean, the device challenges are challenging for the in the best of situations. You know, if we've got mm -hmm. it all dialed in, it's a challenge because of the mm -hmm. addictive nature of it and the you know the chemical loops that are all orchestrated into these platforms to hook our kids oh. in. But so what are your patterns? Where is it that you challenge? What do you find yourself doing that you wish you didn't do? Because that will help you know when you're going off the path. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the knee jer jerk reaction to the, the their moments when they're on their phone before school and there's responsibilities that need to be tended to, or I've called them into the kitchen for breakfast three times and nobody's showed up to eat. Um, and then I find myself getting like short tempered or just agitated. And then that's where I feel you know, the block from them appear, the wall appear. Absolutely. And then I'm caught between, I don't care about the wall and you need to get off your phone or I don't know. I just, I still, it's tr the, the phone triggers me in moments where I think that or know they should be doing something or could have better use of their time yeah. in various moments. Yeah, yeah. So this pattern has taken a bit of time to evolve right? Mm. And mm. so your part to play in it is, is pivotal in what's happening, right? Mm -hmm. And I, it's, it's a bitter pill to swallow, and I know you can take it, but we co-create our reality. So we have co you've co-created this reality with them. Not rightly, not wrongly, just mm -hmm. it just has got to this, where the morning routine has come to be that they're on their phones before they've had their breakfast or done a chore or whatever it is they need to do. So what yeah. we have to realize is that we can look at our kids as you are, I think, and expecting them, don't go on your phone until you've had breakfast. Don't do this until you've done your chore. It's almost like it's a, in your mind, you're expecting it. And because you're nagging them, nagging them, nagging them, they are they're expecting the nagging mm -hmm. but the nagging doesn't shift the pattern so no it doesn't <laughs> what i would what i would recommend you do 
is be very clear with yourself. What do you want this to look like? What would you prefer your morning to be like? I would prefer my morning to, and like, I hate this. I just want to preface with, I like, I feel like I'm hard on my kids sometimes they're and they do they are they're responsible and they do such great things in moments but I feel like I, I felt like I just had to say that but I would like my morning to be it almost seems like a dream them to not even pick up their phone maybe that looks like me having their phones before their their morning routine and responsibilities and their books are in their bags and their breakfast is done and then it's like time to go to school. Here are your phones. That that is what I think it should look like. Okay, and I'm here to say it can, but okay. you're the captain of the ship. So mm -hmm. in your mind, that's what you want, but the mm -hmm. reality is not getting is is not allowing you to to get to yeah. that place. So. I believe it's your role as the captain of the ship, as the mom, yeah. as the leader, the guide, the influencer, the support, the coach, the parent, mm -hmm. to steer the ship onto that path. So yeah. you, are, you know exactly what you want. So then you have to look at, okay, what do you now have to do in order to get that? And be very mm -hmm. clear with the steps you need to take. It might actually start at nighttime before they go to bed. Now I can see Michelle here because we're doing this conversation on Zoom, but you guys can't see. As I said that, your, yeah. your face was like, oh, and then the coin, then the penny drop. Yeah. The penny drop, because you're thinking, ah, okay. So my next question is yeah, like, like, where are their devices? Are they in their rooms at night? Are they using them as alarm clocks? And you know, you're, you've got these pre-teens, tweens, and I think these, these few years are absolutely instrumental in, mm. in paving the, the, the next five or six years forward in a mm -hmm. way that actually allows them to lead their lives that are not sabotaged by screens. And, for the, and to do it, they're at this kind of almost, they're at a moldable age where they're yeah. pushing big time, but not like a 16-year-old will. This is kind of a good time for you to actually just recalibrate, reset, and be very clear with what you want. So See, I, I think that this, I'm kind of in the middle. Louise, I've been listening to your podcast for a long time, and my kids' are not, phones are not in our rooms, and that is because of you and because of the importance of sleep and all of that. So those things are already downstairs. Fantastic. So I feel like half the battle has been won just by not having to remove them from their room. Yep. But now I think I need to establish the boundary, the new rule, the what have you that looks like, hey guys, tomorrow morning you get these phones, they, you can yep. have your phones after your morning has been completed. Yeah, I'm just gonna take you back to one thing you said there, which yeah. will influence your energy you said, okay, now you have some clarity. You're thinking, okay, I, it's me that needs to guide them, right? 
Mm-hmm. But I always, I always see boundaries, not as rules. So you said, I need some boundaries, a rule. And mm-hmm. I think when we're in that energy of seeing boundaries as rules, it puts us in the, um, the more yeah. of the authoritarian mindset with our kids. And then Which I don't want that. You don't want it because you want this communication. You want the open communication. So mm-hmm. if you come in, and I know you wouldn't, but just to clarify, if you come in with this mindset that the boundaries are rule, yeah. you be delivering the rule to them in a way that you're going to come across as being very forceful, yeah. controlling, very dominating. I'm the boss of you. You listen to no, me. No, I don't want that. And as much as they do, you do want them to listen to you and respect you. But if you can see the boundary as a means to connect you to them and their needs and your needs, it becomes a diff- whole different energy. Mm-hmm. It becomes this, no, this is necessary to, to protect everything we value in this house. We value communication. We value being curious. We value being compassionate, empathetic, and being respectful. Mm. So it shifts the energy. So that would be one thing I would, would just ask you I to love be that. cognizant of. Okay. And then the other way with, I think, with a child of any age is to rather than go in and say, okay, like maybe at dinner, you might say, okay, guys, this has got to change. This whole screen thing in the morning, doing my head in, I'm nagging, you hate it. No oh, one's that's, that's what I do. No one's enjoying the morning. That never works. It doesn't work. So you might say, I've, you know, you know, as much as I do, that these mornings right now are not really a pleasant place for all of us because all I seem to be doing is nagging. What could we do that is different? What do you guys think? I think that froze in just a little bit. It did. I, I missed a little bit of you. Yeah. So you ask them. I basically always put it to them. I say the mornings aren't working for me. And when they're not working for me, they're not going to be working for you. So how do you think we can manage this a bit better? Mm. And ask them. And then they might say, well, I think it would be great, mom, if I could have my phone for half an hour before I have breakfast. And, and you go, okay, you hear them, see them, and then you go, oh, you do? Because mm. that's kind of what's happening now, but it's not really working. And then they might say something else. Then you try and bring them round to your way of thinking. So you would say something like, you know, it's not that I don't want you on your phones, but there's a time and place for it. And Mm. so when, how about this? When Mm. you've got up, got yourself dressed, had your breakfast, got your snacks, made your lunch, whatever they Mm. have to do on their Mm. pack their bags, when that's all done, not if, there's no if about it, because this has to be done. When you do it, yeah. If you would like five, 10 minutes on your phone before you go out, I think that's reasonable. And they might be like, no, that sucks. You might say it might suck, but we're going to have to get some boundaries and limits in place on these phones mm. because they're governing our lives and there's more to life than the virtual world. Mm. And have a conversation with them. Yeah. That is such incredible advice, Louise. And I like, I love 
that approach is so the opposite of what is hardwired inside of me because I was raised by the authoritarian these are the rules. This is your curfew. There's, you know, and so I, it's my, at first, like instinct is never to give my kids the ownership, the opportunity for them to come to the table. And this has been brought to my attention before. And I, um, I love this advice and that is absolutely what I need to focus on when Mm -hmm. I work and talk to them moving forward. Love that. Because then they'll feel seen and heard and then they'll feel you understand. And you might say to them, look, I totally get it. And you know, it's, I know you just want to reconnect with your friends in the morning because you Mm -hmm. haven't seen them for 10 hours or heard from them and you want to know what they're doing and where this person is and Mm -hmm. check your this but there's a time and place for it. So we just Mm. have to make sure we honor what we believe is the most important thing in this family, which is times to connect device-free. Michelle, the bottom line in this, this is, oh my God, and you know what I'm going to say, is you have to role model the digital behavior and shape it, yours, into that which you want your kids to, to copy. Oh, you mean I can't at breakfast yell at them about being on their phones while I'm standing, staring at mine. That's not a good idea. (laughs) No, not a great plan, but it's hard, right? So, but you could say to them, you know, I know I've not been the best role model. Maybe you have been, but I know I haven't at times. And I'm like, you know what guys, you're so right. Here I am saying, put your phone down and I've got my phone and they go, yeah, mom. I go, my phone's going down. So I make sure there's certain meal times is a big one for, for us. My kids don't yep. sleep with their phones. My 20 year old does now, but my 18 year old, she doesn't. She hates having her phone in her room. And that's through okay. patterns. Like she, we, I, you know, I think just through not having it in her room, she doesn't like it in her room. My 15 year old doesn't have it in his room. He doesn't want it in his room. It's just, that's an ingrained pattern, but you can do this starting now for those that are listening with older teenagers it's hard to get it out their rooms and there's this is where this might not apply to your situation yeah but tweens who have phones get them out their rooms and ring fence times in the day where you're going to have no phones but that means you as well yeah and it's hard you're running a business i'm running a business it's it's difficult because we think oh we need to be on 24 7 but if we think we need to be on 24 seven, our kids are going to think they do too. And, and I, and they'll call you out. I mean, my kids, I mean, they will call you out as they get older too. I mean, yeah. sometimes, and also we, sometimes my kids, they, uh, t- they are asking me to parent them. Literally. My son has said the words, parent me, mom. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. Ask him, what do you mean by that, my sweetheart? Because I'm trying really hard. (laughs) They're funny, though. They come out with things like that. And and they're a great wake up to us to go, holy shit. He just said, parent me. They're crying. This is a really important thing. Kids are crying out for structure and routine. Mm -hmm. And they can't create it because they're kids. 
-hmm. And I'm not saying we need to be fully regimented and over-regimented and over-controlling, but we do need to be in control. And yeah. if we flip that to the other foot and we, uh, the other side, and I say to you, you know, Michelle, if you were in a sailboat on, uh, you know, near you and you were with someone who did not like, look like he was controlling the boat and you were yeah. everywhere, how would you feel? Yeah. A little, little frightened, a little yeah. out of sorts. Yeah. So when totally. our kids see us quote unquote out of control, whether that might be yelling at them or just going, oh my God, I've had enough. I can't deal with you guys anymore. They see us out of control mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel good to them, especially to mm -hmm. anxious kids. And you know, any mm -hmm. kids that are anxious, they want to see you rooted and, yep. and absolutely strong in your values and committed to guiding the ship. Now they might not like all your guiding, but they need it. Yeah. And it's, I think it's, 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 it's right for them to not like all the guiding because if they liked everything we did, we wouldn't be guiding them in a way that we know they need because exactly. we'd be guiding it their way to just please them and be permissive and let yeah. them get away with things. So they need that structure and routine. So, you know, back to your, your the whole thing about the mornings is I would recommend you co-create some structured okay. routine with them so they feel part of it they've had a say and you might have to just back off a little bit to give them make them feel like oh mom gave a bit so that you're mm. you're negotiating right you're negotiating with them but in a collaborative way in a, in a way that's not you know not you're not don't fight you don't yell you don't argue no, I, I, I love that. And that's why I listen to your podcast because I like just, I vibe with your approach to parenting completely. Mm -hmm. um, and I am going to, we're going to, we're going to co-create this new morning routine. Great advice. Co-create the new morning routine. And what will happen with that is you're looking to inspire them to be curious. I know you mentioned that to me earlier. Yes. And yes. you want to uh, facilitate good communication and open conversations, cozy conversations. Yes, yes. You can't look at what you do to create cozy conversations on your podcast. Mm. You come in open, curious, mm -hmm. listening with humor. Mm -hmm. And all of that creates the cozy conversation. Mm -hmm. So if you want those cozy conversations with your kids, Yes. You know exactly what you need to do. You have those strengths. That's mm -hmm. what you're a master at. I know you, you are. You're Thank a you. are. So you've got it. But the, pro the problem is when it's our quote unquote children. Yes. We want to control them. And we, we, we end up in controlling. We go into reactivity. And the minute we look reactive and act reactive, there's nothing cozy, no. compassionate, and empathetic about us. Certainly mm -hmm. not me. Mm -mm. So the very thing I'm wanting to create, I put a brick wall up to because I don't give them the opportunity to even want to be cozy with me because mm. I'm this, you know, demanding, controlling, nagging, quite frankly, not very nice mom. So I think our screen just froze a bit there, but yeah, no, we're back. Um, so we're you back. know what you need to do to create those conversations. So 
take that your strength and mold it into what you you bring the same stuff to your the 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 times you spend with your kids and you know we have to do that to connect with them and the other piece i think that's important for everyone listening and you is to know that sometimes when we want the connection with them we want the cozy conversation they're just not in the mood but because we want it we feel put out if they're not in the mood yeah oh my god yes keep going <laughs> so we have to look for the signs when they're in the mood and we have to meet them there and jump on that you know i did a, an episode a long time ago called never close an open window on your mm. child and i it was i don't mean close a window but i'm like an opportunity to connect with them oh. and it might be a cuddle with your dog michelle sitting with her beautiful oh yes little an angel black quiet and dash hound and i love him mm. and it might be that one of your kids has got the dog and having a cuddle. So if you're wanting the conversation, use the pet to get cozy with them and go, okay. oh, cute. look how loving he is. And then you can maybe segue into, you know, how's, how's school while they've got the dog and they're all, versus okay. they come in from school, huck their bag on the floor and we go, yep. How was school? How was Miss Smith? How was your math? How was the socials test? Who do you play with at recess? Who? And they're just like, whoa. Yep. So look for the opportunities to for these cozy conversations. You know, when you're with your guests and with friends, the minute yeah. we're with a friend, we're just like so, especially now, eager for the, you know, if we are in a with friend in our bubble we're so eager for that that we just enter the coziness immediately because we're all starving mm -hmm. for it mm -hmm. with our kids we have to watch for the signs when they're ready to to be cozy and if they're not we can create the coziness it might this be baking with your daughter create totally. it might be making some dog biscuit with your son it might be doing a craft with them, watching some horrible thing on TV that you have no interest in, but they love, cozy on in with them and mm -hmm. ask them, tell me, who's that guy? Oh, she, oh, okay, okay. And then have a conversation with them about that at, at you know, the, the dinner table. This, this is all such great advice. And I want to share something I read recently. I think it was in the New York Times. There was a suggestion that during the pandemic, you know, this might be a time where um, previously deemed age inappropriate stuff to watch with your kids in the olden days was not okay. But there's, there was suggestion that maybe it's not so bad to watch, for example, uh, a show that you ne ne wouldn't have necessarily watched with your kids. And I've taken to doing that I started we started watching for example Schitt's Creek with my kids okay and um it's like it's such a wonderful show and whatever but it has opened the line of communication about conversation that we would have maybe I would have inorganically brought up in a situation where they were not game to talk about whatever the topic was so I found in those instances too, cuddling up and watching a show opened up the door for them to want to chat with me about something. Mm -hmm. But but Louise, <laughs> I have to say, I am also a pro <laughs> at bombarding them 
but I'm self-aware. So I, I catch myself and I've got nothing in return. And then I will do experiments where I will be very um, aloof, almost like not really uh, up in their grill. And they, someone will come around after a little while. Hey mom, what are you doing? How, and that's where the, then the door opens and mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let's have the, you want to talk now because I'm playing hard to get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, we need, we need such awareness and we need to accept the situation as it is and not fight. The situation. Mm -hmm. And there's so, you know, there's so many things we can do. And I think the other really important thing in this digital age, especially with tweens, yeah, if I could get my hands on more parents with tweens at this tweeny age and help yeah. them move through it. It's so much easier than when they're 15, 16. You know, I have parents reaching out to me and saying their 18-year-old, their 17-year-old is doing X, Y, and Z and they mm -hmm. won't come off their phones. Well, they're all they're almost moving out. Your mm -hmm. time gets less and less and less to influence them. So, you know, at this age, you want them off their screens. We have to understand just how enticing, how shiny, and how luring the virtual world is. So we have to put in so much more effort mm -hmm. to, to make sure there's sufficient, enticing, luring, shiny objects in the real world. Because no 12-year-old wants to sit, very few want to sit and do puzzles and drawing and all the things they did let's make some bracelets and your 13 year olds looking at you going uh i did that yeah seven yeah so we have to find things that they're interested in kind of more adult things because those tweens don't want to be treated like babies but they're absolutely not they can't be treated like they're 16 17 and 18 mm -hmm. so it's that awkward age so we have to really think about finding alternative activities for them in the real world Mm -hmm. and really being creative with that you know and and also I think it's really important and another thing I will suggest is especially during this pandemic is finding ways to help tweens and teens connect with the community and be of, of service mm. like you know girls you know tweens love to bake usually oh so get yes, they do. Cookies <laughs> for the local fire station. Get them to make cookies for the old age home. Okay. You know, find places where they can actually contribute to the community. And, and be of service because we know when we give and we yeah. are doing something for the greater good, it gives us a tremendous sense of purpose. Absolutely. And you're looking at inspiring them. And that's going to build their, their their esteem from the inside. They're going to feel very good about themselves if they're helping people in need during this pandemic. There might be yeah. old people who, you know, you might know someone on your on your in your block, an older person who might really appreciate soup once a week. Mm -hmm. Get the get the twins to make a bowl of soup, a pot of soup. That is and, such and great it, advice. You're you're helping them develop a life skill. I think having every, I could get every parent to get their children to be able to cook, you know, seven different meals before they leave the house at 18, but get them started at 12, soups, yep. cookies are easy, a cake, whatever, and give it to people who need it. And they'll feel so good about themselves and be learning life skills. We, we need to be creative 
yeah. even more creative than we ever were. Um, and how we get them out of the virtual world into the real world and feel excited about the real world. Yep, I, the, you're absolutely right. And that's the thing that I struggle with is being able to communicate that and offer the things that they would, that would capture their interest. But I think the added, um, the, the contributing to society in some way or doing something good yeah. for somebody else is, might just so, be that thing. Yeah, so in terms of steering it, Always remember, yeah. you need to steer it down the path. So rather than say, would you like to do some baking for the, would you? You say, we are, today we are going to bake and we're going to take them to the fire station, the doctor's surgery, whatever. We okay. are, come help. And, okay. and if they're on their screens, they're not going to come and help. So you have to say, we're having two hours screen-free this afternoon. It's from three to five. Mm. We are making things for mm. Mrs. Winston down the, the mm -hmm. street. And come help me, guys. And when you've got their phones in your pocket, they're going to be so bored that they might come help you. And if they don't, they know there's no screens. They're not on YouTube, on the TV. They're mm -hmm. not on their phones. They're not on anything. Mm -hmm. They're not on their iPads. They're not listening to music. Mm -hmm. They can listen to music in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's an, you're creating a non-negotiable that is an experience in the real world. Whereas if you just say, why don't we? But they've got their phones. You're fighting against the phone. So that's where, you know, earlier on our conversation, I said to Michelle, I said, you know, we just froze again there, but I'll wait. I said, yeah, you know, before I came down to record this episode, my 15 year old was lying on the couch, professional day. And he'd been <laughs> on his phone for about an hour and a half. And I said, I'm heading down to my office for an hour because I go down and for an hour up for 10 minutes, down for an hour up for 10 minutes. And I said to him, you need, what do you need to do? And he goes, I need to do this. I said, okay, you need to put your phone down. You need to go and do it. And he said, mom, I'll do it in five minutes once you've gone down. And I said to him, no, you're going to do it now. And if you don't, I'm taking the phone down to my office with you. What would you rather do? Mm -hmm. He goes, I'll do it now. And, 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 the, and I said, yeah, and I'll be back back in an hour. And when everything's done, yeah, you can go on your phone for another half an hour. And he just knew. So I gave him no choice. And people listening might be saying, but yeah, the minute you're in your office, I bet he's on his phone. He might be. I have no idea. And I go like this because he's upstairs. He might be on his phone. But when I go up and he hasn't mm -hmm. put his laundry out, got the washing machine on, he's 15, got himself dressed and done the other thing that I asked, then he knows. I said, if I come up and it's not done, the phone's gone for the day. Mm -hmm. So he knows exactly what the consequence will be. So he has a choice. I think that I, one of the things that I struggle with is um, because my, I grew up in a house with five kids. It was pretty, it was a crazy town. It was like a very, just, there was a lot of action at times. It was a little chaotic. I was the oldest of everybody. And so I think part of my like, I don't know, either I come on too strong or I don't want to, like, I have this fear of 
ruffling the feathers to the point of causing inc- complete mayhem. Like I have to find my, my middle ground yeah. within me to yeah. communicate with my kids. Yeah, because you don't want to come across as being too controlling. But you see, when I, you might say I, that, that was very controlling of me. No, I would say it was assertive. Mm-hmm. I took the helm. I had mm-hmm. the wheel in my hand. Mm-hmm. And I was steering where I know we needed to go. And he knew it too. And that's what I was going to say. He knew it too. He but I too. wasn't like, you will, you need to. Yeah. I was like, you know what you need to do? I said, all you have to do is do it. And mm-hmm. then there's no problem. Mm-hmm. So as it is your choice. So I, that's very much how I communicate with them. It's not, but it's very like no messing. And I'm not like that all the time, but when yeah. something like that needs to be done, they know that I say what I mean and I mean what I say. And we can say it nicely. And we can say, I know you'd much rather sit on the sofa all day and be on that, but I can't let you do that because it's not good for you. It would be like me saying, have ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I can't do exactly. it. Exactly. So, you know, it's all about the patterns, your pattern of showing up. And we, you're looking at our own reactivity and having these radar detectors for reactivity, scanning ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. So we notice mm-hmm. where we are. So if we're becoming reactive, we have to take the chill pill because reactivity doesn't work because then we, no. come, we become authoritarian. And then the kids, then we fracture the connection we have. And we want connection, but we also need to captain the ship but we need to be cozy too. Yeah. So, you know, when you're doing your podcast, you lead the way for these cozy conversations. Mm-hmm. So you can do that with your kids, but they need the structure. So it really comes down to you and how you create the structure and you captain the ship and you steer yep. it. So there's no alternative for them at times, mm-hmm. not all the time, but at times there's no alternative And the alternative is always a device. So we say, no, you can't have that 24-7. And we start ring-fencing it more. Yeah. And also when they're tweens is, you know, try and get the phone away while they're doing homework and help them realize, you know, get it done. It probably only take you 20 minutes when you're probably Mm. 13. But with your phone, it's going to take you an hour and a half. So you think you've got an hour and a half's homework, but you don't. You've got 20 minutes homework. Mm-hmm. I want you to learn. So it's up to you to steer them. No, and I know, I know it's like, it's on me and my, like, I'm the person who's got to come from me. I yeah. literally, I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, listen, guys, <laughs> I'm a work in progress too here. I'm just learning. As I yeah. go. You know, and I say but, that to um, my kids as well. Such great tools. Yeah. So, so when you say take the chill pill, okay. So like, I feel myself, like I feel the reactivity coming on. Um, literally, are you meaning like step away, take a deep breath, just forget about that right now, recognize my situation. And then after my, I've calmed myself, revisit whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think role modeling that to them. Because I want them to be able to know when they're becoming reactive. So they need their chill pill. Mm -hmm. We're all going to react to things. It's whether Mm -hmm. we allow ourselves to escalate to a point where it's, 
you know, we're, we're then it's damage control. We have to repair the whole mm-hmm. X. So I want them to know that. So, you know, I might say to them, you're getting really fired up right now. Why just take a, take a minute, do what you need come, let's come back and chat. Or I go, you know what? Oof, I need, I need to back out of this. Otherwise I'm going to say something I'm going to regret. So I don't kind of shut the door on them and say, I need a moment. I'm, I'm very open with myself. I'm like, I need a moment. I'm going to say something. I don't want to. So just give me a moment. And then I come back. And the minute you just shatter it in a, in, in a certain, you know, you, you almost just break the tension by taking a moment, taking a breath. It can be as little as that. That's enough just to shift you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it's a work in progress, Michelle. Absolutely. It's a, it's a work in process. It's never, our job's never done. And I do want to make clear with the listeners is that Michelle and I have this conversation and it's very much like I seem to be, you know, sprinkling the magic fairy dust and saying, you know, we can do this in a 40 minute conversation. And, you know, I'm, I'm helping you understand what you need to do in order mm-hmm. to make these changes. But, you know, when I'm working with people, I, I don't work in a kind of one-off, I'll see you for an hour, let's see how it goes, yeah. an hour in, in, a, in a month. I work in a very intense time over two or three months with parents, meeting them weekly, because this is something that can't be done in a 40-minute conversation. It can't Absolutely. be done in a one hour. Uh, but I'm wanting to give you some insight as to how you can bring about some change um, to really make the changes. We need to, we parents need to be held accountable. And we Absolutely. need to know that, no, I've got to commit to it and stick in it and revisit it week in, week out, day in, day out. So, you know, the, I just wanted to make it clear that I don't tend to do the, the, fix, the quick fixes in an hour with clients and help them understand that we are a work in progress. Absolutely. And that the coach's role is to support that work in progress as the changes have been made to how we show up. And when you start, you know, you'll hear from this conversation, everything's pointing to Michelle having to change how she is showing up. And the old school in us goes, but the kids should just know. Yes. We can say that all we want, but they don't know. No. And they need us to be the ones making the changes. Mm-hmm. So you can totally do this. But from this, you need to sit down and make the steps very clear. Yeah. And get your journal out. Be very intentional. And then know when am I going to slip it in? When am I going to do it? When are we going to have the conversation? How is the conversation going to look like with them? Mm-hmm. And then we can take the next step. Um, I so, so many tangible, <laughs> applicable things that. Oh my God! I just looked outside. It is like a blizzard. Oh, is literally. it? Oh my God in heaven! Pardon me, Louise. Yeah, um, no, no so so many tangible tangible things, and I know too just going through this, like this, the one-off stuff doesn't work. And it is a constant paying attention, like mindful parenting, you know, like really trying to be present in the moment, which is something that I am always working at because I have a tendency to be in the future or thinking about something else, which is just like a, who doesn't. And I mean, that's the whole point of your, your work 
is to inspire cozy, mindful well-being. And this, we, you could put your parenting into that. Um, but I'm, I'm very aware of the time and we could talk for hours, but I do try and keep my, these episodes short, shorter and sweeter. So they're easier for parents to grab on the go. Absolutely. But, um, it's been amazing to chat to you, Michelle. And for any of you who want to check out Michelle's work, you go and, you know, sniff her out. She's awesome. She and her sister Lauren are, they're just I'm going to, you guys are going to be this, this amazing pair of, of the sisters and you're going to go places. I know that. And I'm going to put the links to Michelle's blogs because they're good and their podcast. I'll put it in the podcast notes. Um, and I'm just so, so thankful for Michelle to come and open up this cozy conversation around parenting so that people can hear how parent coaches work how we will enter a conversation and this is slightly different because it's recorded it's it's but at the same time it's part of a process and this would in, you know ignite the process within michelle and hopefully she can take the next few steps and i'll be, i'll be there to guide you if you need any well give me a shout and I, i'll always be here for you but thank you for being brave thank you for sharing your voice with the world online because it's going out there Oh my God. Thank you, Louise, so much for having me on to share my daily, you know, just parenting things with you. I remember the first time I stumbled upon you as I started my parenting with ADHD journey a couple of years ago, and you have been an, in an integral part in my parenting truly to this day. And thank you for having me and for putting all of that your incredible tangible content out there it is it's I share you with everybody that I talk to well thank you and I remember when you first reached out to me I got this arbitrary thing on Instagram I'm like oh my god someone's just compared my podcast to the goop and oh my god whatever with Oprah and I'm like who is this girl with you so I, I do remember that many years a few couple oh my of god years. yeah yeah no but thank you and uh, we'll look forward. Maybe we'll have you back on the show in a couple of months and you can tell us how it's check in. going. Yes, we'll have a little I check would love in. that. Because I'm sure the, the, the people listening will be wanting to work at, find out how Michelle did after her first coaching call with me live on air on Parenting in the Thick of It. So um, thanks again for being here. And everybody, thank you for listening. Without you, this show wouldn't happen. And I'm always... Um, I love hearing from you. I love supporting you. And I look forward to being with you next time. So till next time, bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. 
You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.